What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Demet um, with Sky and Victor. If this is your guys' first time giving our episode a listen, go ahead, have a look around, have a listen around. Hopefully you guys um, find something that catches your ear. And so we never really formally um, introduced who we are, right, Victor? Like we just said, hey, guys, we are the Demet Podcast. So we wanted to give you an insight to who we are in this episode. So today's my episode. I hope I don't bore you all. But fair warning, there is some talk about death and maybe um, mental health related Mm -hmm. issues here. So just be warned. And let's get a little into it. I was born in Southern California, but at a young age, I moved to Northern California, um, which is a big like culture shock difference in SoCal. You're really close. You're close to the border. So there's a lot of Hispanic families. And at that time, like I would say that the culture was really Mexican, you know, like or yeah, no, it was Mexican. Like everyone mm-hmm. I knew was, and their and their mamas, like everyone was Mexican. And it was cool, you know, because like it was like, oh, OK, like I, I connect with everyone, you know, like but at the same time, you couldn't talk shit about someone, quote unquote, like in Spanish because they understood you or like maybe teachers you might get away with it but um everyone like spoke the language so moving to northern California was a big culture shock because it was such a like melting pot like there was so many black people there were so many Filipinos um Mm -hmm. Indian people like it was just it was so different from what I was used to my mom um, she remarried my, and my dad lives in Hawaii. So I occasionally go out there or I've gone out there too. You know, I'm a little Hawaiian in me too. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend any Islanders. I'm just kidding. Um, but my mom, she remarried to this little traditional Mexican man who I love so much. But even though that was the case, like he's primarily Spanish speaking, um, he, um, never enforced it like in our house in our household like that it was like a requirement that we only speak to him in spanish so i think that played a big part too that like neither of them like not not my mom not my not any of my two dads like no one was like hey talk to me in spanish like let's keep practicing this they would just kind of like mention it like oh you know your spanish is getting kind of choppy you know but it wasn't like anyone was doing anything to help me fix it so I would definitely say that like you wouldn't I interact have, with them a lot in Spanish to so kind of like um, like keep it up. It was no, I, I I would with my grandma. Like when we lived in Southern California, we lived with my grandma. We lived with my grandma and my cousins. Um, and so like with her, like I was forced to, and, and I had no issue because she understood. She understood English too. Um, but like I would talk to her in Spanish because we would like have little conversations or whatever you know that okay. I have at like nine years old and stuff. But like I think what really like disabled me i guess was that like my mom would kind of like make fun of me you know like she'd be like oh bocha it has been bocha and for those of you guys like who don't know is like bocha is like well the way my mom was using it was like if your spanish sounds um foreign like it doesn't sound like a native speak native spanish speaker so like the example that i would give would be like a, a spanish a person who speaks like good fluent spanish would say something like grande so the R isn't very hard, but like someone who probably doesn't speak Spanish like all that well would say something like grande, you know, like it's the difference between Ariana Grande versus Ariana Grande. And mind you, Ariana Grande isn't Mexican, but that's, you know, like she so she'd be like, ay, 
it is bien pochas guy and it was just like i'd be embarrassed you know like i don't want to keep practice i don't, don't want to keep talking to you in spanish if you're gonna put me down like that mom mm -hmm. um and i think like now that i'm older like i've pointed that out to her because my partner like i've had different partners um and friends who don't speak spanish all that well and i've and i brought it to her attention like hey mom you know you're really doing us a disservice by telling us like by making fun of how we speak you know like how about instead of like you know making fun of it um you try and like help us out you know so i think she's changing her approach so i like that so yay mom you're doing good things out there but anyway okay so i moved to norcal big culture shock um and my brother i i'm the youngest of three kids i have two older brothers so i'm the only girl um after we moved to northern california i led a very privileged life my parents were like they weren't wealthy no, but like we were like good middle class, you know, so we were comfortable. I was spoiled. Like my mom, my mom would um, like take me on shopping sprees. Baby you. Not baby me. No, like she, you know, still like do your laundry, um, you know, have chores and things like that. But it's like, hey, you know, you want to go shopping like next month? Like, yeah, I blow, I blow like $300 like on shit. And it's just, it's, it was crazy because. Was that those uh, American opportunities, I guess, huh? <sighs> I, I mean, she want. I, I get it. She wanted to give me what she was never given. My mom was, mm -hmm. my mom, my mom's mom. So my grandma like was really hard on my mom. Um, my mom, my mom tells me that she ran away when she was like sixteen, because my mom, my grandma just wasn't an understanding woman. And so like I, I just I, I get that my mom really wanted me to be everything that she to have everything that she didn't. But let's see. So I grew and, and OK, so what I want to say about that, though, like about living a privileged life is that like it really made me like this human being that I think like many of us might be guilty of being or having been at one point where it's like, ah, uh, like, yeah, there's problems, but they don't affect me. So I don't really want to touch on them. You know, like I'm not even interested in them, you know, whereas like mm -hmm. now, like I think that like things that are going on. Like, you're just kind of like, oh, shit, you know, like, why don't they have clean water in Flint, Michigan? You know, like, it's the 21st century. How could they not have that, you know, which is still happening today? Uh, so, like, I did fairly okay in school. I was like a A, B average student, really B average student. But what I learned in high school was to, I think, I think we talked about this, Victor, but I think that I learned to take instruction really well, you know, like, and I think that that is like a really bad thing now. But anyway, so like I wouldn't like whatever assignment I was given, I wouldn't go above and beyond. And that has spilled over in my life now as an adult. Like, I don't think I try hard enough. Mm -hmm. <sighs> but like, I don't want to lament on that. Like, I, I think it's just about taking action, which I'm I, I think I am taking action. I am taking action now, I should say. Yeah, I think it's just like a, a natural thing just to kind of interject here a little bit uh, for people to kind of just take the path of least resistance. So it's totally understandable why people, you know, behave like that. I mean, I think it's like a just a general thing in humans that, hey, I mean, if I don't, if I can get by doing the bare minimum, why do more, you know? But, I kind of agree. But at the same time, like, I, like, it's just some people are naturally born like with a passion with like a zeal of like okay I it's know not a naturally born pro thing either that's something i have to kind of push back against because i feel like some people think this you know that it's like no, you either dude, have it or you i have don't. met two people two people and that's that's why i say it's very rare it definitely is very rare but like two people and i'm just like wow like why couldn't i be born like that like why couldn't i be born knowing that like my 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 mission here on earth is to be a ufc fighter you know and but that's even what I'm if it's like a rare thing at. right um 
it's not necessarily that they were born with it. They could have still worked for it. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, like, I'm not saying like they they got to where they are, you know, like just by wanting it, you know, like mm-hmm. by sheer like desire. No, like they it was like it was desire that pushed them to make all the moves, though. You know, like I, I just think like that's what we need more of too. Is like we just got to find something that we want to stick with. I think one something I heard like a quote a long ass time ago was like, you know, the world is full of problems, so you just got to find one, like just one and like stick with it run with it and and take it you know like learn all that you can on how to improve um how to make it better basically how to make that problem better how to make someone else's life better you know yeah i think um (laughs) i don't i don't know if i necessarily agree with that because then it kind of just pushes you into like a very narrow conception of like what's achievable um i think I, i don't know like the advice that i would offer to somebody who like is in like a similar position because I am as well. But I think like something that kind of helps me to get out of that is just to like understand that there's like a lot that um, is still out there for me to like learn about and to like experience. But a lot of the times you don't even need to find that problem. You you just need to start doing something um, to kind of get like your noggin going, so to say. Because if you just wait for like the perfect thing, like I don't uh, think it's ever going to present itself never. to you. You know, I, it's like you something you have to seek out. That, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I when, when I say like find a problem, I, I guess like I just mean like okay something that catches your interest because like we're saying you know like something that like that whole like perfect condition or whatever like oh well it kind of gave me a spark but not maybe like you know what if it kind of gave you a spark like go, go get into it look into it like i i go rock climbing i know i've talked about that before on the show i go rock climbing and that's something that i started doing in july and like i was not really even into it like i liked it sometimes but like the i i fall you know often frequently like mm-hmm. when i go and it's very scary. Like that alone, like the fall alone is enough to like deter people because that shit like you it's you you are in like this awareness of your mortality. So but like what I'm trying to say is that like even though I don't like even though I don't like that fall, you know, that fear of falling, I just decided to like like I'm going to stick with this because I have nothing else going for me. Like I started this during the pandemic. I, I was like, OK, I have nothing going for me. Like, I might as well, even if I don't like to get up, like I don't even have to get up early for it to, when I go, you know, like I like I start rock climbing at 10, 11 o'clock. But it's just like actually getting out there is, is a hassle. But now that I've been doing it for all these months, like I have a different attitude about it altogether. Like now I follow rock climbing pages on um, Instagram. And like like when I see rock climbing um, men- or, men- or it's mentioned like in a show or something, I'm like, oh, look, you know, like my sport is a real like the thing that I like to do as a hobby is a real sport that people talk about. And, you know, like you feel connected sort of. So I think that mm-hmm. like e- even if you feel some kind of like something tugging at you, like as far as like interest, I think you should run with it and like not saying like, oh, and that's the only thing you should focus on. Definitely not. But like we're all like w- our attention span is so like w- what is it short? I guess our attention span is so short that like if we're con- like you said, if we're constantly just waiting, like, OK, well, I need it to give me like a, a greater tug, a greater pull. So that that's probably why it's not my thing. Then that's just like a dumb reason to not look more into something, you know, or to not find out more about it. But that's yeah, my two cents mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. So I moved to Las Vegas because okay so i've moved around a lot in my lifetime um i probably gone i've gone to four high schools but i've probably gone to like eight or more schools in total um just like from moving around so after i moved to no northern california um and i I, that was like where i stayed for the longest time for a little while but i i was having problems with my mom so i moved to hawaii for a little while with my dad and it was a really short time 
But I think that like seeing so the culture over there is so like laid back and like it's it's always beach. Like okay, we're gonna go beach, bro. Like like after school, we're going beach. Like and and that's fun, you know. Like I I remember talking to my science teacher one time. And um, like he kind of complimented me saying like, oh, you know, like you're putting an effort in school, you know, and, and like that's good to see because uh, we don't I haven't really been seeing that in my students right now. And I was so like taken aback because it's like, what? Like putting an effort? No, dude, like I'm not even trying here, you know, and like I'm, that's not to say that I'm really smart or anything. No, I think what he was trying to tell me was that like over there, like school really just comes second, you know, like it's it's about friends and chilling at that time. This was like 2010. So mm -hmm. things may have changed. I don't doubt that they have. Um, but I moved back because uh, I moved back. I blame it on my brother because my brother was living there, too. Um, and we were having issues. But really, I moved back because I knew that um, I really wasn't trying in school. And if I stayed like a little bit, if I stayed for like two more weeks, like my grade would have been inputted and I probably would have like flunked and shit because I was ditching a lot over there. Um, and I, w I finally I stopped doing work like because it, it was easy. That's what every, like you said, you know, if everybody else is doing it, I wanted to join in too. like the passively the path of least resistance. Um, so I moved back, you know, to avoid failing. And uh, my parents, I guess, like my dad was um, getting get in the process of like moving with his company or whatever. So mm -hmm. we moved to Los Angeles. We moved back down to Los Angeles. And that was so weird for me because it was like, oh, shit, like now I really am with a bunch of Mexicans and I don't fit in anymore. You know, like I, I'm I felt very like isolated i felt very isolated and like i think i'm i'm easy to get along with but like i just felt like i, I couldn't connect with anyone really um for a little while so I, I got into a relationship about two months there and it was like my first real relationship and um guess what you guys i found out that i am a toxic person and it is not cool and you know what unfortunately like even as an adult now like 10 years later i'm still dealing with it you want to know how victor you want to know what ugh, Fucking now you're a toxic person yes dude like <sighs> yeah sure he, my, my ex labeled me enojona so that like roughly translates into like angry girl you know um and that's because like i always had to argue about something like i was always on some bullshit you know like why didn't you text me you know or like why did it take you so long to respond and Ugh, it was just such a bad it was it, it's it really like made me realize afterwards like that I'm not a healthy person, you know, and um, I did try. I have like sought out um, therapy and unfortunately I haven't met a therapist. I've probably like talked with like three or four different therapists, but I haven't found one who I felt is doing me any good in a Was way. Was it just your and, anger that you were uh, looking for help with or? Um, yeah, oh, it was. was, it was my, oh, no, 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 no. Um, well, one time it was because uh, like my mom wanted me to stop smoking weed so uh like i told her that like i was addicted and uh was, i don't know like we talked for for you know well she took me to a therapist and uh no i guess if i'm be honest you guys it has not been for my anger it hasn't been for my anger but i know that like if i were to find someone that i like feel is like really there for me really trying to hear me out i i think that like all the ish, all these issues that i have like would get addressed you know like not like a, a big band-aid or whatever, but like just we could really get to the root of what like is, I don't want to say wrong with me, but like what's causing me to behave this way. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, whatever, that relationship ended. It was a really big eye-opener for me, like I said. 
Uh, but I didn't really do much to change it. And um, like my next like little story is going to be like really sad because, you know, I have lots of regrets here. But I got into a relationship again uh, about two years later, I think, um, with this really awesome person. His name, his name is Alex. And I told him like within nine months of, of us being together, I told him that my family was m moving out here to Vegas. And he was so cool. Like we were serious, of course, but like he was like, um, okay, cool. Like when, when are we going? And it was just so nice that he was on board. Um, cause I, I'm telling you, like I really was volatile even with him, like in my emotions and to have him be like, okay, you know, like, well, whatever, like I still want to be with you. Um, even if you're going to go out there. Um, and I really liked that. Um, so we moved out here in 2015. He moved, he, well, okay. So he, um, like he talked, we talked to my parents and they were like, yeah, you know, we like him a lot. Um, my mom especially loves, loved him. Um, and so my dad, my stepdad helped him get a job in the company, this new startup company, cause I needed people anyway. And, mm -hmm. um, so Alex, um, moved out here to Las Vegas before I did, but then, uh, you know, I came in, sh I came back shortly after, or I came, uh, moved in shortly after. And, um, Alex was really, Alex was a really good guy. Like he was, he was really calm. He was understanding. Um, I, the perfect guy. No, I, I would say that like, he was just really, he was just a really good person. Like, I, I, I mean, I think we say this a lot about people like, oh, I've never met anyone like that. Yeah, no duh. Like in a way we are kind of all unique, uh, although we do have like similarities and stuff, but like he was really unique in that like, he's not someone who like felt like he had to prove himself at least that's like what i took from him is that like he didn't you know he wasn't here to to be showing off like oh look at this is how smart i am he wasn't here to like argue about like what he thought was right or wrong you know it was just like you know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stick to myself i'm gonna you know do what i need to do to improve um and if you feel like you have some criticisms maybe let me know like he wasn't asking for it but like when i would talk to him like well i don't like that you did this you know like i would see like improvements like like quick you know or like i would see that he was working on on himself um but um so let's see that's 2015 we moved in together i had a dog i had a do i had one dog speed and uh you know, Alex was like, hey, you know, I really want to get another dog. We adopted a dog. Now we have Rumi. Um, so we have like this little household family unit and it's just us four. And like things are not perfect because, again, like of me, things are not perfect because I'm I'm like looking for problems all the time, I guess unknowingly. But that like definitely stems from my insecurity and you know, I guess the things that I saw and the things that I've been through too. But so it was 2017, May, and Alex and I, oh, and another thing, like the kind of toxic person I am is like high school toxic too. So aside from being really mad, like ugh, the way I lash out when I'm upset in my relationships, yeah, romantic relationships is that like I dump my boyfriends, you know, and that sucks. That really sucks because they have to deal with like me telling them shit like I don't want to be in this relationship. We're not good together. Like just a whole bunch of sad shit that I don't think, you know, a loving partner should do. But I would I fucking did it. And um, very regrettably, like that's what I did with Alex and he did not deserve any of that. But like I had just started working at the dispensary and that's where Victor and I met. And luckily for Alex and I, we had... Um, finally gotten back together like he had 
just like had enough of me like doing that on and off constantly breaking up because I mean I'm telling you we we had a household you know and he like put his foot down and he told me that he didn't want to be with me and like so good so good for him I'm so glad that he did that because I know that it wasn't healthy for him either you know to be dealing with me like that but um again luckily for us like we got back together and so timeline now is May 2017 I got a new job. I want to hang out with my friends um, from the dispensary because it's cool. You know, like I'm around weed so much that like, you know, all we do is smoke. And he wasn't a smoker. But like all we like we get to we get to smoke like we didn't get to smoke on the job, obviously. But, you know, people were still getting high. And uh, it's Cinco de Mayo. And I tell Alex like, hey, you know, mm, I know that my brother and my cousin are going to go out tonight. Are you going to go? He says, yes. He asks me if I want to go. And I said that I would, um, I would think about it, but probably not. But like, I encouraged him to go out, you know, because we didn't need to do everything together. And so they went out and um, I missed out on that. And um, I remember waking up like we were texting like throughout the, the night and stuff. But I remember waking up and um, I Alex called me and he told me that he was on his way home. And we were talking for a little bit and um, I asked him if he was OK to drive. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know? And oh my gosh, you guys, like, it's horrible to think about this. But like, I, I got off the phone. I asked him like, hey, can I give you a call back? I've got to go to the bathroom. And that is like uh, the last time I ever, that I ever talked to Alex. Cause um, like, uh, let's see what happened. I wake up, I wake up in the morning and still no Alex. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, where the fuck is my boyfriend? This It's like three in the morning, maybe. I don't even know the real time. But like, I'm I'm texting him, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm mad, you know, like, I'm like, Alex, where are you? You know, and I'm, he's no response. I call him nothing. So like, by now, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm freaking out now. And then um, like, I was so freaked out that I, I got I, like, I went to go check on him, you know. And uh, it's so funny, because I, I drove to my brother's house. And the exit on the 215 for lamb was the exit um and on ramp was closed something had happened <sighs> so i took the streets and i get to my brother's house and i don't see alex's car i wake up my brother and i'm like hey you know like where's alex you know where's alex and my brother's still fucked up from the night you know from just coming back in and he's like oh he probably just fell asleep on the side you know he probably just fell asleep in his car and he, he parked somewhere and like, I was really worried. I was really worried. But he's like, no, just go home. You know, he'll probably show up tomorrow and everything's gonna be okay. So I go home and like, I, I still, I don't feel good, you know, but like I, I somehow or other, I managed to fall asleep, but I wake up early and um, I'm still reaching out to Alec, still nothing. And finally I get a call from my mom and she's like, hey, uh, you need to come over to the house right now. And I remember, I remember being like, like is it about Alex and she's like she's quiet and she says what about Alex and I said he didn't come he didn't come home last night and she's like just get over here Sky. it's an emergency so I rush over and I don't know how I didn't think you know I didn't think any not that I didn't think anything of it but it's just like I didn't put two and two together at that point and I think like it was so much I was so blinded that like even when I got to my mom's house I really didn't pay attention to the state trooper car. Like, I, I, I just, it didn't register. So I go inside, and uh, my brother's there, and my mom, my parents are there. And everyone just looks really somber. 
and I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know? Mm-hmm. So they just and definitely, then, yeah. Yeah. They just wanted you to like be safe and not tell you over the phone. Yeah, exactly. They wanted, I guess they wanted, they didn't want to tell me either, you know? Um, my, and then, you know, my mom's like, this woman has to, this woman wants to talk to you, Sky. And then the state trooper officer, she's like, um, hi, my name is, I don't, I, I don't remember her name at all, but, you know, she's like, my name is so-and-so. Um, I want to inform you that Alex was in a fatal car crash. Um, and he didn't, he didn't make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got on to, he, he was on the wrong side of the freeway, basically. And he oh, drove geez. head on to a strawberry truck, basically. And luckily, like the other driver was okay i'm I'm so happy you know um but he he had been drinking and i guess like his blood alcohol level was too high obviously like way beyond the legal limit mm-hmm. and uh you know like i say luckily because you know that was a decision he decided to make so i would i think i would have felt i don't know i can't say that i would have felt worse you know if he took someone else out but like i think it would have given me like another death of bank death of anger yeah and um it was just such a surreal moment, dude. Like, you know, being told that like your your partner, your life partner is is gone. Like, you don't expect that. You you don't. You, I don't know. I I was twenty one years old when I got that news, and it was like I I just felt so disconnected. Like, ah, uh, we we had a coworker, um, and like you know we would always have like weird conversations. He and I, um, from the dispensary, and I remember like I I had this like we would talk about aliens and shit and like other dimensions and i called him and i was like and, and i told him like hey um alex just died and like he's like what and i said alex just died dude can can we bring him back is there anything we can do you know like just like reality not really registering you know like you know you are i was in denial for sure i was in mm-hmm. denial for sure so like i just i just thought like fuck dude like is there some kind of fucking invention that you've made? Because he's a scientist. So like, I was like, you know, is there any way that we can go and like bring him back? You know, like, I, I just want to go. I just want to get, I, I want him to be here. And, um, you know, obviously that's not possible right now. It's just, it's not possible. It's not possible. Once they're dead, they're dead. Yeah. Being so young and, and losing someone, like I'm telling you, it was, a, we were a serious relationship, you know, like we, we had planned out a future, so to speak, you know, like we wanted, we wanted to live comfortably and away from the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, like just that wake up, that jolt of like, oh shit, all that's gone. That's not happening. It made me want to like, of course, not be alive. You know, I, I was really mad at Alex and I was really mad at God, you know, like, how, how could you do this to me? You know, we had, we had fucking, we had a plan, dude. Like we had, we had our lives to live and, and he, him being such a good person too. Like that's when I really felt that, that saying, you know, that, um, only the good die young. Cause he was a good, he was a good light for this world. And, and I just thought like, fuck God, like you really could have taken me instead. Cause I, I'm not doing shit. I'm not, I'm not that great. Like, you know, like he could have made good change in this world. Or at least, like I said, he just could have continued to be a good light because mm-hmm. he was like this really good, good fucking person. Like the way I, I, I don't think that I really grieved him, you know, like I, I just sort of like I was really sad. Um, I would cry myself to sleep for like two months and um, 
But what I mean by that is like, I never really openly faced my feelings, you know, um, to myself. Like, I just kind of, I, I just immersed myself. That that it, that was 2017. So that year was the year that the dispensary went, um, went recreational. So like we were working um, like 12 hour days. I don't know if you remember that, Victor, but like we, yeah, we, we were just yeah. like, yeah, like it was just like working into the night, early morning. Um, I think they wanted to do like 24 hours. And so like that was a, to me, like that was like a godsend, you know, like just not having the focus on what the fuck I was really feeling and, and you know, just being able to numb myself with smoking weed all the time and working, you know, like that. Yeah, you just I, gave but, yourself that distance to not think about it or ruminate. Yeah, but like, I, I think the way that that harmed me is that like, now, like, I like, honestly, like, I was the person who always wanted to be talking about it, you know, like, not in a woe is me kind of way, but just like, how the fuck is this my life? You know, like, how the fuck can I wake up and this and then the world still be turning, you know, like, everything should stop now, you know, so yeah. I, I just wanted to talk about it to always get it out. But I couldn't because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed of like being this fucking I was embarrassed of getting like this. I was embarrassed of getting emotional. I was um, embarrassed that I would be looked at, like trying to get attention. No, I, th I think those feelings are definitely well-funded, you know, or like um, justified just because it's, it's I think a, people um, don't know how to deal well, with grief. Yeah, you know? exactly. Don't know like, how nobody knows how they're going to act when something like that happens to them. And I, it's, it's just been tough, like really wanting to um, feel this. It's been tough, like understanding how to do it like right you know like because a, a lot of the times you know like it's depression essentially right so like mm -hmm. a lot of the times like some of the things that you want to do just aren't healthy they're not gonna do anything for you so for example like just staying in bed all day you know and feeling bad like yeah like that really does seem i think ideal to a depressed person you know is just being in your room in your bed under the covers and and going through it but at like it's at the cost of like your health like all kinds of health you know like it's the cost of of your mental at the cost of your mental health of your physical health like so i want to like now you know four years later i'm i'm i want to move through it in a healthier way and um i don't know i'm really apprehensive about like talking to a therapist because i did um that was actually like what i sought out a therapist for ultimately you know it was just like how to grieve appropriately i guess and my experiences weren't awful like talking to a therapist but i just i, I talked to I, I talked to two different ones and i just didn't feel like it did much for me i don't know if like anything i don't know if it's supposed to do anything you know like but um i just felt like like i was just going and talking and and you know like i, I wasn't really getting anything like to take what home did you and, like, be, what were you looking um like in terms of like getting out of like therapy i guess like getting ways to be able to cope help, like in a healthy way you know like being told how how to be able to celebrate him you know um or that even i guess even given the permission to celebrate him you know like rather than just kind of like putting him in like a in the corners of my memories you know because it's like mm -hmm. oh it's too hard it's it's you know, it's too hard to to look at like these beautiful memories that we have or like my beautiful memory of him. It's too hard to acknowledge that. So I don't want to present that. You know, like I, I think I needed to be told like, hey, it's OK. It's OK to remember him. It's OK to talk about him. It's OK to um, 
you know, find ways to do that too, you know, like for Dia de los Muertos, for example, like for Dia de los Muertos, like it's like that, that's our culture right there is like us celebrating and remembering our dead. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to participate, but at the same time, like I also felt that, I, well, I don't have any connection to, to that. I don't have, like, I never participated in it before and I'm going to do it wrong. So like, it was just, and that was, that was enough to paralyze me. And, um, I, I, I just didn't have like any interest in what my therapist had to say, like, you know, like they just validate you, you know, or like the ones that I talk to, like they just validate you and your feelings. And um, I know that like uh, they're not really supposed to tell you like, oh, well, this is what you should do or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But like at that point, I was I was I was still young, you know, so I was looking for that. Like I said, I take instruction really well. Um, So like I, I. that's what I needed that or that's what I thought that I needed. That's what I thought that I wanted. So this, uh, this, these past couple of months have been me trying to come to terms with the fact that although he's gone, I can still keep him alive. I think that like, I'm afraid of other people. Like I'm a people pleaser. So I'm afraid of like people not liking me essentially. And like one thing that I think will make them not like me is me telling them about my dead partner. You know, like that's, it's, I think some people look at that as a downer and I shouldn't care, but I do still, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's, it's um, a problem because it's something that you experience, you know? It's like, this is something that's affected who you are and like um, informed you in some ways on how to like act in the world, you know, that other people are also part of. But I also think it's like something that, um, but you can like maybe use to seek other people that have gone through something similar because it's really hard i imagine talking uh, to somebody who hasn't really experienced something like that and them not be- really being able to empathize with you just because um I-, I don't think i've lost like anybody super close to me but i know it's probably going to come one day you know it's like a reality of life and sometimes they go in you know very sudden ways and sometimes it's just due to health reasons but i don't know i think like in terms of like being able to deal with loss i think definitely finding like a community that I mean, this is why, like, uh, people with, like, you know, alcohol or, like, um, what is it called? Like, drinking problems. They go seek out help at, like, alcohol, Alcoholic Anonymous because it's, like, th- those are the only people that can em- really empathize with them, you know, and really, like, understand what they're going through because, yeah, like, I, I can totally see how you must have felt, like, really alone and, and, like, seeing everybody laugh and, like, the whole world continue while you were experiencing this insane loss. But, um, no, I think it's, like, totally normal. And, like, I feel like the fact that you feel, like, comfortable talking about it, especially, like, on a podcast or anything definitely speaks to your growth in that area and, and how you've like kind of if you haven't really found a way to like cope with it or anything it seems like you've created like your own like you've come to your own realiz- realizations of like how you're gonna go forward with it and what you think will help you and i think that's ultimately what therapy is there for to kind of you know guide you down that path um to find your own answers just because again everybody responds differently to to different information you know it would be ideal if we had like a game plan for like when something happens like that but I don't think even if you would have had like all the information of how to like perfectly cope with something, some a loss, you know, it just seems like it's still a very emotionally invested thing that even if you would have had like, I don't know, a village of like therapists, you would have still like suffered and like, you know, experienced pain for what happened. So I think ultimately time is what heals wounds. I don't think it's just like one clear answer that you're going to get from a therapist or somebody. And it seems like you're healing now and that you're in a much healthier place. So yeah, I think you have a lot to be proud for there um, in that regard, at least so. It's, you know, it's, don't beat yourself up too much. I mean, I'm I'm still like, you know, like I said, I'm I, I think that I'm just barely like in the beginning of um like this healing process, you know, because I I, I do want to look at this. I, I am looking at this problem now, like face on. Um, But I think, uh, yeah, I, I just 
I agree with you that like continuing this way is is what I'm okay with now, you know, or like what I'm learning to be okay with is like, yo, like you you went through some real major shit, Sky. Um, you got to stop giving a fuck about everything else, you know, like. I felt really numb. I felt really numb and like, and hurt, you know, but I, I really numbed myself for a long time. And I think that that's like why I also disconnected like from the world. Like I, I used to be on social media a lot. Like I would post a lot, you know, and like all of that, like it just lost so much relevancy to me. Like it was like, what the fuck is the fucking point? You know, like you really question your own existence and everything. And I, I, I don't like like, you know, we've talked before about how we give meaning to shits, you know, so like mm. otherwise it, it really is just all pointless. And that is something that like I'm also relearning, you know, like, OK, well, I'm giving everything meaning, you know, and like um, that book that I mentioned before, like cognitive behavioral therapy is also like another tool for me um, because we've, you know, that whole uh, all or nothing attitude where like. You know, oh, if you cheated on your diet, you know, that just means you're going to eat the whole fucking cake, you know, like you don't need to be like that. And that's the same with our thoughts. Like, OK, well, I had this sad thought about Alex, you know, so my whole day is just going to be my whole month is going to be depressed. Like, no, that's not the case. And that's not how mm -hmm. I want it to be anymore. You know, like I, his birthday just passed on the 25th. I love that day. I love that day so much now because like and this is like new. This is new, like because before it was like, ugh. Like the first year, it was like, oh, God, you know, like I'm dreading it, you know, like, well, why the fuck is your birthday still happening? But you're not here, you know, and um, yeah. just this year, it was like, OK, I love this day. Like, you know, I love this day because I want to just turn the attitude around about it. Like it's it's a celebratory day. Like I remember Alex used to say, like, I don't really celebrate my birthday much because it's a rainy season. Um, and he was from L.A. So SoCal. So like he got he got like, you know, the wetter weather Rain during that parade. time. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't like down about it, but he was just like, yeah, you know, my birthday was never anything special. And so like now I'm trying to counter that. Like, no, your birthday is really special. You know, Yeah. you were you're you're so beautiful that like, of course, I want to celebrate your birthday. So like for his birthday, like I t I've mentioned on the show that I'm like redoing. We're helping my brother redo the house. So like my project, I'm also like focusing on redoing my room. And so I was working on like working on a, on a shelf and like i felt so good because he was like a working man you know and it makes me feel connected to him you know like just knowing that like i'm not looking at this day like being like oh shit you would have been you would have been 28 this year you know like how depressing because you're not you know now it's like okay well how are we like how 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 can i show you that like i'm doing good even if you're never gonna see me or you know like i'd like to think you know it's my belief that like his essence is still around or his essence is like um you know within me um so it's like continuing to cultivate that continuing to like move very compassionately you know like being more compassionate with myself like yes it's a tough experience it really is a tough experience to be 21 and widowed um but like that doesn't have to be my story that doesn't have to be the story that i continue to live with um especially because it was so damaging you know like because i didn't want that i didn't want that and you know no matter how much i wish things were different I can't change the past, but I can change how I'm moving now. And that's like going back to cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, the book that I'm reading, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Dummies, you know, that's some of the things that it's saying. Like we have to be aware of our thoughts and not to mention like we can help guide our thoughts. You know, like, you know, is this tell, asking ourselves, you know, if the story that we've created, for example, based off of like an, an observation, if that story is really true, you know, like 
I think you told me, Victor, one time um, that sometimes we can still take emotions from a dream, you know, um, like when we wake up and we're like, I'm feeling kind of mad, you know, I don't know why I'm feeling mad, but I'm feeling mad now, like I'm going to be pissed off in my interactions and mm -hmm. like cognitive behavioral therapy um, reminds us to bring our focus to that. First of all, like, why am I mad? You know, like, do I even know why I'm mad? No. Um, well, do you want to continue to be mad? Or is there any other emotion that could serve you in place of being mad? You know, like it's it's definitely um, something I would never, ever wish for anyone. But I don't think that we need to experience trauma to learn. Personally, I don't think that. But I think it's the best um, teacher. I think it's the best teacher for humans right now. Yeah, so I think I, um, learning experiences just, come in different disguises. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's a very long process. I feel like I'm so behind, you know, like especially cuz there's other people who have like lost other like close ones, you know, that I've talked to and like I'm I'm sometimes jealous of them in a way, but um I I just have to remind myself that like the this is different for everyone. It looks different for everyone too, you know. Yeah, absolutely.